welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome back to the Feathered Desert, everyone. Lately, we've been talking about different types of birds. Today, we're going to talk about different types of food. So we're going to talk about seeds today. Yay! The title of this podcast is <laughs> Seeds, Seeds, Seeds. I went really out on a limb on the imaginative title there, but it gets the point across. So we're going to talk about different types of seed that you can find in the industry, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, combining them together. And then once again, Cheryl has a plant spotlight for us at the end. So we're going to start off with sunflower. That one is the most common one that you see here in the United States, and it is the absolute favorite of all seed-eating birds. This is the one that they will gobble up at your feeder. We have two types of sunflower that you see in the industry, and one is oil sunflower, and I'm gonna give you the percentages of this for those of you who like math. And it's 40% fat, it's 16% protein, and it's 20% carbs. So that's actually a pretty good balance of everything that the bird would need. And so this is the oil sunflower. It's gonna be that black one that's completely black. This one does attract the most variety of birds of any one seed that you can put in a cedar, uh, a cedar, in a feeder, not a cedar. <laughs> and it's the best to choose if you want to do just one type of seed. It does come shelled and unshelled. Um, like I said, the shell will be that dark black, completely black. Uh, do keep in mind though, if this is what you want to feed out and you have a yard or any kind of garden where you're going to put your plant feed, uh, your, not your plant feeder. Wow. My brain today and my mouth are not together. Um, uh, if you're going to put your feeder near a garden, keep in mind, if you use sunflowers that have the shells on it, the shells can actually kill off plant growth. So if you're going to do that, you want to look for the unshelled seeds. And the birds will love you for that, too, because it's less work for them. Yes. And also, you might find sunflowers growing in your garden. Yes. Or the middle of your yard. That but, can happen with these as well. But, you know, it's a sunflower. Yeah. Who doesn't, Who doesn't like a sunflower? That's right. Who doesn't like a sunflower? <laughs> exactly. Lovebirds love sunflowers. How's yeah. that for selling on oil sunflower seeds? There you go. So the other type of sunflower that we have is a striped sunflower. It's going to be larger in size than the oil sunflower, and it is like its name. It is black and white striped. So the content of this one's a little different. It's 26% fat, it's 15% protein, and it's 18% carbs. So it's still pretty good, but it doesn't have as much fat, and sometimes the birds, depending on what season it is, needs that extra fat. So this one was actually, the striped sunflower was used as the main bird seed until 1970. And that's when the oil sunflower was developed and that one took over the industry. They are typically found in mixes now as opposed to feeding it only as seed by itself. The striped sunflower is not very often fed alone anymore. And uh, this was interesting for us, uh, discovered by personal experience here at our Mesa WBU store, is that it seems to be a seed that doves and pigeons won't eat. It's too big to fit in their mouth, and they won't try to eat it. And they can't swallow it. They can't swallow it, so why bother? <laughs> that just happened the other day in front of the store, and we figured we'd share that with you. Uh, so what does the sunflower, whether it's oil or striped sunflower, attract? And I can say pretty much almost everyone. 
Everyone likes this. This is going to include house finches, goldfinches, pine siskins, cardinals, house sparrows, white crown sparrows. They do prefer it unshelled, the white crown sparrows. Of course, doves, pigeons, and quails, who also prefer it unshelled, and many, many others. Now, what kind of feeders can I put this in? You can put it in a tube feeder, you can put it in a hopper feeder, you can put it in a tray feeder. So this is extremely versatile, and you can put it in almost any kind of feeder that you want. All right, take it away, Cheryl, with our next seed. Okay, the second most popular seed for birds is peanuts. And peanuts um, with the percentages is 49% fat, 26% protein, and 19% uh, carbs. Birds, it's a high energy food, and birds are always looking for high energy foods. It is second only, as Kirsten said, to sunflower chips in nutrition. It comes in and out of the shell or in pre-cut pieces. Peanuts in and out of the shell most closely mimic many species of acorn and pine nuts. So it's very popular with birds up north or in uh, more rural areas where there's um, conifer forests. Um, I found it's best to offer uh, in-shell peanuts uh, because too much salt can harm birds. And also roasted peanuts are better a better choice to help for feeding birds to help pre prevent growth or aspergillus, did I get that? It's pretty close, aspergillus. Gillius molds that can grow on most peanuts. Now raw peanuts can also be toxic to humans and potential uh, hazards to dogs. And I can attest to this because when I was four or five years old, I ate a raw peanut and I still remember being sick. Probably didn't taste very good. Oh, I can just remember my stomach ache. And I'm not even going to admit how long ago that was. <laughs> but it, yes, don't even do that. Um, I found this interesting. In the uh, United Kingdom, peanuts were used for decades um, before North America uh, bird feeding um, enthusiasts introduced it in the 1990s. Oh. So it's new to us, actually, in uh, the United States. Um, I also found out that, thought that um, the variety of birds that that were attracted by it so woodpeckers curb-billed thrashers jays now we do have jays in not necessarily the blue and white blue jay that we're used to on the east coast but the jays that we have in arizona are the um, stellar jay mm. the uh, pinion jay and the western scrub jay we also have cactus wrens that will eat peanuts crows ravens and up north we have the clark's nutcracker that loves the shell the um Peanuts in the shell. So, and the pinion jay is having um, trouble because we're losing our pinion pine trees um, due to drought. And so they're actually, their habitat is shrinking. And so they're very much in need of a supplement. So if you live uh, north in the north of the Phoenix Valley, that is something you might want to consider. I thought it was really cute that uh, pieces can attract, peanut pieces can attract smaller birds. Uh, little birds hold the peanuts halves in their feet and peck at it <laughs> and they eat the pieces. And I thought that was really cute. Um, feeders, there's in-shell feeders, uh, large grid mesh feeders. There, for the out-of-shell peanuts, there's medium grid mesh feeders. It depends on the birds in your area. You can also do them in small amounts and offer cup feeders, open cup feeders um, for uh, peanuts out of the shell or peanuts in the shell. I don't know if I'd put peanuts in a tray. You would just end up with, that would just be a mess. 
I think it would be a big mess. Yes. Uh, I thought another interesting um, uh, little tidbit, nuthatches and woodpeckers will wedge peanut halves in the bark of trees and hammer away at it, at the nut to eat it. And nuthatches actually cling um, head down while they eat their peanut. Yes. And that is really cute to watch. It's really fun. I have to admit, nuthatches are one of my absolute favorites. Yes. Now, I, since I moved here to the valley, I don't have any nuthatches. So I just don't have the trees for them in my area. But in Maryland, we had nuthatches everywhere. And I loved watching them grab the... They would do the sunflower seeds and the peanuts. And I loved watching them dip upside down and crack at that little seed. It was. They really yeah. are one of my favorites. I see the white-breasted nuthatch um, when I go camping. And I, yes. it's very fun to watch them. They actually do that even with bark butter bits because that's what I feed them when I'm camping. And they, um, they'll they come down the tree to the feeder head down and they'll stick the bark butter bit in the bark and they'll eat it that way. Oh, nice. Well, you know, when you have a system, yes, why change it? it? <laughs> that's right. It works for them. It does. All right. So our next seed is safflower. Yes. Safflower is also kind of similar to peanuts. It's used a lot in Europe but we don't use it as much here. So a lot of you might be going safflower. I don't really even know what that nut looks like. Well, the safflower is a small white conical seed. It has 38% fat, 16% protein, and 34% carbs. So it's not a super favorite. It is high in fat, but it's also high in carbs. Uh, it's like I just said, it's very common in Europe eating, European bird feeding industry, but it's less common in the US. It is picking up more here. And generally you see it more in our mixes and what it is great for is attracting cardinals, especially if you live in our areas here in the Southwest that are more treed, have more dense forest, you'll attract those cardinals. And if you want to end up offering more safflower, because here in the United States, we use it as a problem-solving seed because starlings, the European starlings and different types of blackbirds don't like to eat it because they can't open it. It's a conical um, seed and so it's harder for them to crack it with their beaks because their beaks are longer. They don't have the right dimensions to get it open. So that will keep the European starlings from bothering your feeders. And house sparrows. House and, sparrows yep, don't and have, different, their beak isn't strong enough to. It's not strong enough, right. It's, it's more wide at the right. base, so it's not strong enough to open them. So a lot of people use that as a problem solver. And if that's something that you want to do, you put it in a mix first, and then you can phase out the other stuff like the sunflower seeds that the other birds like and just use the safflower. That can be a problem solving seed for you there. Uh, these guys will also deter squirrels to a certain extent. It seems that it's a it's a very bitter seed and the squirrel can actually taste that bitterness. And for some squirrels, they don't like it. My guess is that not all squirrels are going to be like, ooh, yuck, <laughs> uh, Some of them are like, whatever, I'm eating yeah. and I don't care. Yeah. So it, those are uh, more here in the United States who use safflower as a problem-solving seed. But it is really good in that fat and uh, protein and the carbs. So it is good for them if it's something that you end up wanting to try or you want to mix it into something. So here in our area, it's going to mainly attract cardinals. If you have them already in your area, you have the right environment for them. You'll get the house finches as well. As far as I know, goldfinches pretty much turn their nose up at it. But as uh, if you've listened to our goldfinch podcast, you know that they're very, very picky eaters. Yeah. 
And what you can do with the safflower is it can go in a tube feeder, it can go in a hopper feeder, and it can go in a tray feeder. So it can go in uh, anything that you use with your sunflower. All right, so we're going to move on to one of our you love it or you hate it seeds here yes, in the desert, yes. <clears throat> and that is millet. That is millet. That's right. And millet is very popular on the East Coast. The, they have a lot of probably a lower concentration of pigeons in the rural areas and um, higher concentration of uh, migratory ground feeding birds is my understanding so millet is four percent fat 11 percent protein and 73 percent carbs it's also referred to as pro so millet or white millet um, hold or not um, millet is a, a grain that mimics small native flower seeds and weed seeds that is favored for those try this sentence the ground feeding seed eating birds in our area. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> millet comes in two colors, white or red, and white is the preferred color uh, for birds. The, bir the only birds that really like red millet are pigeons and doves, and not even all doves will eat red millet. So when you, it's usually, red millet is usually used um, in less expensive seed blends as a filler. And that just um, can create problems for those of us who love to feed the birds. In the U.S., millet is grown for wild and domestic bird seed and as a baking flour. And millet can be grown in hot, dry areas that do not support thirstier crops like corn or wheat or um, rice. Uh, hauled millet is becoming more popular among people in North America and Europe as a healthy alternative to grains and is included in gluten-free uh, diets. Now millet attracts, like I said, all ground feeding uh, birds. So that goes to um, like uh, towhees that'll pick up uh, grass seeds or flowering seeds, white crowned sparrows, um, house sparrows, or any of our migrant sparrows, dark-eyed jinkos that are here in the winter, um, quail, doves, um, pigeons. Uh, millet, I wouldn't, uh, it, I, I hesitate to um, suggest millet by itself for a, um, as a, a seed to feed the birds, I would definitely break it up and add it, uh, supply it sparingly, only because we have such an issue with pigeon and doves. And the doves are native, most of them, but still, they love those little seeds. So the feeders are tube feeders in a mix Hopper, tra uh, hopper feeders and tray feeders. And if you're going to put millet in your mix, I would definitely do a tube feeder. That's the best way to control um, the, the millet that lands on the ground that's attracting those ground feeding birds that we don't want. And we also have in many of the WBU stores, uh, pigeon guards yes. for those feeders, if that's what you'd like feeders. to do. Yeah, yes. the hopper feeders and the tube feeders. Yes. We also have um, ways to do that because some people really enjoy seeing the white crown sparrows um, come around for that millet. And so then you have to weigh it out. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. this is the love to hate it seed yes. here in the desert. <laughs> yes, you do. So our next seed after millet is Niger. Yes, Niger. This is a interesting seed. It's, I find it fascinating. It is a fascinating uh, seed 
And we talk a lot about it in our Goldfinches podcast to give you a big, long history about it. I'm going to touch a little bit on it here today. Niger is 38% fat, it's 21% protein, and 13% carbs. So it is also a very nice rounding of nutrition for the birds, just like the oil sunflower. This is an extremely tiny black seed. It's also called thistle for a long time. That's what people called it in the industry. Uh, it does not come from a thistle flower though. So now in the industry, we call it Niger and we spell it N-Y-J-E-R. So it's not to be confused with another word that we don't like to use. And it comes from an aster flower. So it doesn't grow very well here at all. It grows very well in Ethiopia and India. And that's generally where the really good Niger is imported from in the U.S. So they, we do plant it here in the U.S., but it doesn't have the same kind of nutrition and we cannot get it in the amounts that we have. So those goldfinches that you're trying to attract with it, they can tell the good stuff from the bad stuff. <laughs> they will turn their noses up yes. at seed that is not up to their standards. So the Niger is a favorite of goldfinches, but curiously here where I live in the valley, I've actually seen both cactus wren and woodpeckers on my finch feeder. And this is a finch feeder that has a little teeny tiny port. Nobody can put their beaks in there but finches. But I've got a cactus wren in my backyard that grabs onto the perch and he leans really far back and he sticks the end of his beak right there by that little uh, port and he tries to pull those little seeds out. I don't know if he's being successful or not, but he tries it for a good 30 seconds or so. Huh. And I'm, I've even seen the woodpeckers trying to do it too. And I'm just like, they're, and they're insect eaters for the most they part. They are insect eaters. I don't know. Maybe they think they're missing out because there's a bunch of finches <laughs> on there. I don't really know what they're doing, but I actually have food for both of them, like two feet away. And I'm like, if you just go to the next feeder, guys, you'll get some good stuff. You've got to put an arrow. <laughs> so a little arrow, neon arrow, this way to better food. Uh, so generally your thistle is going to attract finches but as we can see you never know who might be trying to get in there uh, so generally it attracts goldfinches and house finches um, on the ground i have seen white crown sparrows picking yeah. up the leftovers and then of course uh, the doves will also do it and then the quail in my backyard also will go underneath there and doves and quail are pretty much you know if it fits in my mouth i'm going to eat it yeah so there are, uh, to put it in a feeder, you need to have a specialized tube feeder. It has a very, very small port so that that small, tiny seed doesn't come out. Uh, you can also have a specialized feeder called a bottoms-up feeder, which caters uh, to goldfinches only. The house finches are too heavy to hang upside down. And uh, then there are specific mesh feeders that have very small mesh. And you can also do the sock feeder, which many people may be familiar with. They have done sock feeders probably since the 1970s. Um, and that's a perfectly fine way to do it. It is one that you have to keep up cleaning quite a bit, but it's a great way to start off with uh, the Niger. All right, we're going to move from Niger, which is such that's a complicated just, seed. Yeah. And we're going to move on to something a little bit simpler. Cracked corn. And I have never never in my six to seven years of bird feeding used cracked corn in my backyard but neither I, have i to tell you but i did find it interesting and i do know that if you go to cornell labs they actually recommend cracked corn in their own blend but cornell labs is on the east coast 
Yes. In sapsucker woods. <laughs> right. So, so they don't have a big So they don't have what we, do. we would have issues with with cracked corn. So like I said, cracked corn is um, often used in a blend as opposed to by itself. It is 5% fat, 9% protein, and 74% carbs. Um, it can be used as a distraction feed for keeping pigeons, grackles, starlings, from main feeders by offering it in a distance away from other feeders. Um, cracked corn, uh, one of the drawbacks is it can spoil quickly in wet weather or sprinklers. Remember, you know, just because it doesn't rain here, um, birdseed can get wet from watering and um, sprinklers. Um, I thought it was, it's often used by pond visitors to feed ducks, although you feed it on the ground because it sinks. So I'm just giving you guys a heads up. Um, don't throw, uh, otherwise you're feeding the catfish at the bottom. Right, <laughs> which the catfish will mind, <laughs> but you won't be feeding the ducks. I, I learned this the hard way. That was an experiment that I was like, okay, <laughs> crack corn doesn't float. <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> passing that little tidbit on there. Um, also, um, it can be used in low-quality seed blends as a filler that is less um, expensive. And people have, this is a fact, that people have found 3,500 different uses for corn products. And I just thought that fascinating that we have wow. been able to exploit um, corn in that many different ways. Um, corn um, attracts house sparrows, grackles, doves, pigeons, quails, and ducks. Um, generally, it's either thrown on the ground or put in a tray feeder. We don't really have a tube feeder or a feeder that specializes in corn. You can use it as chicken scratch as well. Yes. And I think we're on to blends. Yes, we are. So all of the seed that we just talked about can be used individually, as we said, or as a blend. And that's an extremely common way to feed seed now. And you'll see lots of different things, wild bird blends, you'll see a cardinal blend, you'll see here at Wild Birds Unlimited, we carry something called Choice Plus, Supreme and Deluxe. These are three different types of blends. They all have different seeds in them. And what we do here is we uh, help you pick which one for which types of birds you want to bring with you. So a blend actually is any bird feed that has a combination of any of the seeds that we just discussed, that is considered a seed blend or a feed blend. What we want you to take away from this is to be wise when you're shopping for wild bird blends. And that's what you'll see a lot when you go to all sorts of different stores or you shop online, you'll see wild bird blends. And you'll be like, oh, this is great, this is what I want. But what we want you to do is look at those ingredients. Make sure that you're not getting too many fillers in there. And the fillers are going to include the Milo, which is that little red ball and is literally only eaten by pigeons. Mm -hmm. um, uh, any kind of wheat, oats, canary seed, and other grains such as buckwheat, which my husband loves buckwheat pancakes, but the birds are, you're gonna attract the wrong, wrong type of yeah. birds. Uh, flax and rice are also used as fillers. So when you are trying to get a blend to attract as many different types of birds as you possibly can, then look at the ingredients and that will help you get a good quality blend. And if you come to a Wild Birds Unlimited store anywhere in the United States or in Canada, they will be able to help you with a no waste seed blend. That's because everything that we carry in our stores has no filler in it at all. 
and they can help you get exactly what you want. Here in the Valley, we will definitely talk to you about whether you would want to have millet in it or not millet in it. And at the Mesa store, we have different types of blends that don't have millet. And then we do have blends that have millet because some of our customers do really like to feed out the millet. They enjoy the doves and it does attract the quail. And so it's completely up to you. Um, blends can also come as a shelled option where all the seeds are, uh, have no shells on them and then they leave no mess on the ground. And our particular blends are actually called no mess blends and they will still have sunflower seeds, peanuts, some of them have millet in it. We have different options like that. And so you don't have to have the shells on the ground if that is something that bothers you. Uh, we can get you set up with a no mess option which it kind of depends on what you want in your yard. I know with mine, I have dirt in my backyard. And for me, it doesn't matter to me if the shells get on the ground, it doesn't bother me at all. So like here at the WBU store, we actually carry Choice Plus, which has a, a great variety of different seeds that we spoke about in it. We have Supreme and Deluxe blends. And we have a No Mess blend. So if you visit us here in Mesa, we'll get you set up with whatever seed blend it is for whatever birds you're interested in attracting. All right, well, that's it for our seeds today. I hope you guys got a little bit of information. You feel a little bit consumer savvy now about the seeds that you want to buy for your birds. And we're going to throw it back to Cheryl for our plant spotlight. Well, Kirsten, the plant I picked today for the plant spotlight is called the button bush. Button bush. I do yeah. love buttons. Yes, love me but some th buttons. this is a this is a cool bush because it is native to um, the whole United States. Oh. I mean, it covers California to Mexico, Florida north to North North to New York, and then Canada. And it can be either considered a large shrub or tree because it's uh, deciduous and it can be multi-trunked. And whether you get a large tree or a shrub will depend on how you prune it. Oh. And um, how much sun it gets. So it has creamy white uh, to pink flowers or and they're round. They look like round buttons. It can get height to three to five feet and it blooms June to September. You can put it in the sun to semi-shade, and I'm getting one of these because I have a shade tree, and I think I'm going to stick it right underneath the shade tree. Nice. It will grow in almost any soil, so, you know, you don't really have to baby it, and it can tolerate a drier conditions in gardens that it finds, <coughs> drier conditions um, in gardens, and um, it can even survive drier conditions than it would in its native habitat as long as you provide supplemental water. Oh, um, its flowers are fragrant. Even the seed balls have a spicy aroma. So as the flowers dries up and you get the seed ball, you get a spicy aroma. And it's really, it's cinnamon. I mean, all those different spices that smell really good. It smells like that real cinnamon smell. Nice. And one of the best native shrubs, this is the reason I picked it because we're going into butterfly season. One of the best native shrubs for almost all butterflies. This sounds like a winner to me. So, and I'm all about getting butterflies to my yard. So I, excuse me, I was really excited when I came across this plant. Yeah, it sounds very exciting. I'm going to keep my eye out for it as well. Well, that is it for our Seed Seed Seeds podcast today. Thank you guys for listening. Yes, thank you.